Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. If you've got your Bibles, would you turn with me to the book of uh, Luke chapter 17? I want to talk today, I was, and then I'm going to do something to, different, totally different tomorrow morning. I could preach a series and do all that, but I, 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 you know, I, I like a buffet. You, know, you, know, you might want to get different things and stuff. One thing I've learned about God is that uh, He's a visionary. And without sounding arrogant, and I've had many people call me this, I'm a vision specialist. Brother Copeland's a faith specialist. Now, it takes faith to do all these different things, you know. I'm a vision specialist. When you tell me I can't do something, you just told me I could. Now, it don't matter how much it costs, because I'm not paying for it. Because he didn't ask me to pay for it, he asked me to believe for it. So, do you understand what I'm saying? And you know, and people say, what about budgets? I believe in budgets because I'm a good businessman, but budgets cost you something, vision bring you something. You start dealing with vision, people go, I don't want to get involved in that. You understand what I'm saying? So when you understand that, that he didn't ask you to pay for anything, he just asked you to believe for it. And if you believe for it, you'll more than pay for things in every which way, shape or form. I want to talk tonight about possibility thinking. I personally believe that this generation, if Jesus don't come in my lifetime, he's missing a great opportunity. (laughs) I have talked to him about that. This is the days of Noah. You see, you got to understand, it isn't the earthquakes and the tsunamis and, you know, the tornadoes and and all of Those are the beginning of sorrows. That's that. But when you, what God said in Noah's generation, man has corrupted himself. What you see now is total corruption trying to change a three-year-old child's mind to what gender they are. Something wrong with you. You see what I'm saying? That's corruption. You see, and I'm not being critical and being truthful. There's something about the word of faith that I think they missed. And I'm going to have to say that. You see, because I don't believe in judging people because the God says judge not that you be not judged. But if you speak a truth about something, it's not a judgment. A truth is a living reality. I mean, you know, we used, I used to never say, no, I didn't care what anybody do. Well, I ain't saying nothing. I'm not going to judge it. You know, it's judging you. No, only speak good. But then I saw Jesus one time call the Pharisees, you snake, you hypocrite, you viper. I said, you would get along in my neighborhood, Jesus. You would. You snake, you hypocrite, you viper. And then he goes to his disciples and they have a little lunch. And he says it behind their back, behind the Pharisees back and to their face. So I, I questioned the Lord. I have conversation with God. I said, uh, just between us. <laughs> you look like you're judging people pretty hard. He said, it's not a judgment. It's the truth. He said, it's not being critical. It's being truthful. Yes. See, so if you say something about someone that's the truth, that is not a judgment, even if they missed it. It's not even being critical. It's being truthful. Amen. And the Bible said, the truth will set you free. In every area of your life. And if Jesus is the way, you can't get lost. If he's the truth, you cannot be deceived. And if he's the life, the devil can't kill you. Amen. See, so I, I, I will say some things. And I felt led of the Lord. I just come back to say this. I felt led of the Lord. I just come back from a major tour. Now, my eyes are bloodshot. not because of drugs. Because <laughs> I've been running 90 to nothing. I started out in New Orleans. I flew to Bermuda. Never been to Bermuda in my life. It was great. I preached there. Then from Bermuda, I went to Verona, Italy. And I preached there from Verona, Italy. Now, this is all in, this is the same trip now. From Verona, Italy to Copenhagen, Denmark. Then from Copenhagen, Denmark to Beale, Switzerland. Then from Beale, Switzerland to Baritz, France. Then from France to, we, we, we passed in the custom, where in Maine, I can't think the name of that town. 
Portland, Maine, and then back to New Orleans. And I got back to New Orleans. I turned around and I preached Sunday night in Nashville. And then Tuesday, I'm in California. <laughs> and then uh, I got to preach Father's Day because you want me to do that. And then I'll be in Edmund, uh, Edmund Alberta, Canada. Uh, I'm going to a place called Hungry Horse, Montana. I'm a, I said, I'm going just because of the name of the place. I'm a Hungry Horse. And then I go to Seattle, Washington. Then I fly back to New Orleans. Then I go to uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. And you don't think I need a plane? And I didn't give anybody any expenses. I didn't charge a soul. I don't do that. I'll receive an offering, but it's not to meet my expenses. That's my seed in the people's lives. And God was so good and gracious, just running all the time. Now, Kathy didn't preach one time, but she said, I got to lay down and sleep. I said, okay. She said, I'm telling on you, mama. I'm telling on you. I mean, I'm preaching like a crazy man. You know, she goes, I got to lay down, Jesse. I said, okay, lay down, baby. Just lay down. Praise the Lord. That's all right. You know? And then I, and I found that I couldn't celebrate our 50th wedding anniversary or the 51st or the 52nd because of COVID. So I said, okay, we're going to do this 53rd. She looked at me and said, how many days are you giving me? I said, two. I said, I just got to preach this gospel. I have to move on this thing. And of course, we had a good time. It was such a blessing for two days and then flew back. Okay. Not a real good time. No, no. <laughs> she, just, she wanted more time, you know. It's amazing how after I finished preaching, she just couldn't stand up. I said, well, you coming to bed? She said, no, I'm going to go down to the Gucci store. It's amazing how the anointing come upon the woman with Gucci, Givenchy, Christian Dior, Chanel, Louis Vuitton, Escada. Where you shopping, Brother Jesse? Dillard's. <laughs> I just go to Dillard's and all something like that. I want to talk tonight about possibility thinking. Because see, God ever thinks, evidently, he thinks you can do this. The reason why Satan hates us, we got his job. See, before, you know, you got to understand, where was Satan when he sinned? He wasn't in heaven. He was here, ruling and reigning here. He said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt myself above the most high God. I will sit in the congregation of the north. The reason why he hated Adam, God gave Adam, mankind, their jobs to rule and reign. And they've hated it ever since. You see what I'm saying? I want to read Luke chapter 17, verse 1. I bring out the old King James Version. The Bible reads, Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. Now what's the difference between being offended and being hurt? Let me show you the difference. When you're being hurt, when you, someone hurts you, you're like a child. Mama kiss it. Make it feel better. See, you can get rid of hurt pretty quick. When you get offended, you look for somebody to hurt. The church mafia kicks in. We're going to do what we've got to do. That's the, that's the difference between offense and hurt. So right here, verse two, it were better for him that a millstone will hang by his, about his neck and he cast into the sea that, that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. I like that. And if he repent, forgive him. I don't like that too much. No, no, I do like it, but sometimes, you know, you want people to suffer a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't lie. You, I just got the guts to say it. You don't have the guts to say it. 
But I got the guts to say it. I'm just honest. Verse 4, if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Now notice when the apostles are hearing all this, and the apostles said unto the Lord, <laughs> increase our faith. For God's sake, man, this is rough. I love what Jesus said in verse 6. That's where I want to get to. And I'm an expository minister in this, on this verse. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree. See, I'm sick of mine. You sick of yours? <laughs> you know, yeah. You got to know how to read the Bible. You understand what I'm saying? If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. The part I want to deal with, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. A mustard seed is about the size of a baby bit off fingernail. You ever remember you used to bite your baby's nails? Did you ever do that? I've seen a lot of women do that. They wouldn't use a clip because it might hurt that little child. But they take a little, you know, so they wouldn't scratch their face and things of that nature. Yet that mustard seed can grow to 12 foot. Yet you look at this. How can that small produce a 12 foot tree? Because it has the ability to do it inside of it. Let me tell you something about seed. Seed always stays seed until you sow it. I don't care if it's big seed or small seed. A seed's going to stay a seed forever until you sow it. Once you sow it, then something begins to happen. The soil begins to germinate. That's why fence posts rot. Why do they rot? Because the ground is trying to make it grow. It's breaking it down. You see, you put something in here and the, and the soil knows what to do, especially if it's good soil. It'll rot the end off and rot, rot it to try to get it to grow. He said, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, possibility thinking, what are you willing to believe? What are you willing to do? And it doesn't make any difference how long it takes. I don't know why people worry about time. Let me tell you something. Most people are not defeated for a lack of faith or an abundance of unbelief. They're defeated, even though you can be defeated for that, but most of them are not. They're defeated because of time. See, Satan says, if we can delay this, they'll quit believing this. They'll quit believing this, you see. And then all of a sudden, you quit backing off on your prayer. It's the same thing with tithing. I want to get on that for a minute. Oh, God. That has caused more problems in the, in the body of Christ. I mean, a lot of churches are hurting. Well, you know, you don't have to tithe no more. You, you don't even have to get saved. You can go to hell if you want. You don't have to do nothing. You got a free will to do whatever you want. But why wouldn't you? Well, that's under the law. Well, God said this in Malachi 3. Will a man rob God? <laughs> let, me, let me answer that. Yes! In a second. And he's talking to preachers. He said, how have you robbed me? Tithe and offerings. Well, well, well. Well, you don't need to tithe. Tithe was under the law. Well, what about the offering? Look, the light just came on in your head. Tithe and offering. So if you say you don't have to do it, what are you taking an offering for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Tithe and offering. So if tithe, you don't have why, why are you going to take a grace offering? It's an offering. An offering is an offering. It ain't a grace offering. It's an offering. 
Now, if, that's, if tithing was under the law, which is not, it was before Abraham, you know what I'm saying? And tithing is in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 7, go read it all you want. I'm not here to convince you on that, but he says tithe and offering. Wait a minute. If that's what everybody's saying is right, then you shouldn't take no offerings. I promise you in two weeks, they're going to change. They're going to go back. No, dude, you got the tithe. Because he didn't separate it. He said tithe and offerings. Let that sink for a second. Now, well, it's about money. No, it's not. If it was about money, how come God didn't change the rate? If it, was a, if it was about money, he would change the rate. I mean, the mortgage companies changed the rate. The car companies changed the rate. The charge cars company changed the rate. God's never changed the rate. It's not about money. It's about obedience. And how else do you put God first? You see, it's not about money. He don't need what you got. But the only way you're going to get what he has is through the seed. It's the law of Genesis. As long as the earth remain. Seed time. Harvest time. Some people don't believe in a hundredfold. Some word of faith people. Some rhema people. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You know why I believe it? It's in red. It's in red. I like a hundred fool. It's better than a hundred times. That's mathematics. I'm not dealing with mathematics. I'm dealing with folding. Every time you fold, it doubles. Think about that for a minute. And it's amazing to me. I just told a man, he said, I said, you know, why don't you just tell the truth, mister? You don't want to tithe. So don't. Just tell the truth. Quit lying, man. You don't want to. And you, you don't have to. You don't even have to get saved. You can go to hell if you want. Why would you do that? I don't know. But you can do what you want. Just tell the truth. You don't want to do that. That I can handle. Instead of all this law stuff. Yes, Jesus fulfilled the law, but he didn't throw it away. The Ark of the Covenant, God has it. And you know what's inside of it? The law. The Ten Commandments, Aaron's rod that budded in a bowl of manna. The ingredients of our covenant. See if somebody's trying to throw it away. We'll see what happened. Jesus fulfilled it, but he didn't throw it away. Jesus is the center of both Testaments. One leg in the old, the other leg in the new. I just like it all. You see what I'm saying? I just enjoy being a blessing to God. Possibility thinking. So God says, how far can you think? Are you willing? He said, if I said a grain of mustard seed faith can grow to a 12 foot tree, what are you believing for? Write this down if you're taking notes. You must believe that God has chosen you, number one, to be his instrument, a channel through which life flows. You must believe that God has chosen you to be his instrument, a channel through which life flows. I just came back from Switzerland and all these ministers and apostles said, Professor, would you speak on prosperity? We, I know you. And I said, well, I wasn't planning on that. I was going to do something else. The Lord said, obey him. And he said, because the Swiss got money, but if you say money, they clam up on you. Now this is going to sound arrogant and cocky. And I know I sound arrogant and cocky, but I'm not. I have confidence and assurance. That's the difference. I said, I'll do this and I'll break it in five minutes. They all went, 
Within five minutes, I broke that thing. I gave an altar call and 3,000 people came for it. And then the next day, they picked up the biggest offering they ever had. Things are easy to break. If you believe you can. If you believe you're an instrument through which life flows. You see what I'm saying? Possibility thinking. See, faith has extraordinary powers of growth and reproduction. Write that down. Faith has extraordinary powers of growth and reproduction. See, Jesus was amazed at that mustard seed going to 12 foot. If you ever come to New Orleans and you come by my house, and everybody knows where my house is, whatever. I have, there's a tree that's in the medium, and it's, they think it's 400, 450 years old. It's beautiful. It's so big, so heavy that it, the, the, the branches came down and it supports itself on the ground and then other branches growing from it. It's, an, it's a beautiful thing. People take pictures all the time. I have a plantation home. You see people doing wedding pictures all the time, things of that nature there. And it started out with a seed about this big. What is an oak tree but an acorn that held its ground? The possibility that was in that acorn. So, so when people tell me I can't do something, I said, either you lying or God's lying. I pick you. <laughs> because God said, I can do how, how many things? Oh. When are we going to believe that? I'm not interested in people's opinions. Yeah, on. One time I was mad at Kathy. I said, if I want your opinion, I'll give you mine. That didn't last long. <laughs> I don't deal with opinions. I deal with convictions. See, opinions are transitory forms of thought floating on the ocean of life. They change with every wave, anything. But a conviction puts you at the right place at the right time to do the right thing. You see, that's why there's now no condemnation. The church uses condemnation. Conviction don't make you feel bad. Conviction opens your eyes to the truth and you go, whoa, I'm not doing that no more. Condemnation, you low down dirty dog, you never mouth to nothing. And his twin brother's guilt. But conviction, my God doesn't make you feel bad. It gives you knowledge of the truth yes. and it makes you change. You don't ask for forgiveness, you repent. Yes. A lot of people ask God forgive them, but they're not repent. Repent means turn from, go the other way. So faith has extraordinary powers of growth and reproduction. You see, what does possibility thinking do? Write this down. Possibility thinking creates the picture. People got to see something. It creates the music that goes with the picture. It creates the song about what people talk about. You see what I'm saying? Possibility thinking creates the picture, the music, the song about what people talk about. So when I try to minister, I want people to see a picture. When I say black dog, what do you see? Black dog. Yeah, but you don't know what kind of dog. You see, but he produced the picture. See, now you got to build on that picture, especially if you're a minister. Who do you, I mean, if you can't convince yourself, what makes you think you can convince anybody else? See, possibility thing says, I can, not I might. Or I don't know. No, I can. Because Ephesians 5.1 says, be you therefore imitators of God as dear children. Why do you say children? Because you're not his adults. Children are born believers until you teach them the doubt. They're going to believe. My daughter, I, I did a television show with her today. And she's 51 years old and I still call her my little girl. Because she is. That's not the issue. 
See, so possibility thinking creates the picture, the music, the song about what people talk about. If you want partners in your ministry or if you want to grow, your spirit will attract people and your anointing will keep people. You've got to have a spirit that's attractive. People like things that look good. See, that's why women are way more developed in the solar rim than men. Eve developed her solar rim more than Adam. Adam never once looked at the tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He's looking at Eve. <laughs> All he got on his mind is Eve. I mean, he got his lean on. What's up, baby Eve? Hey, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Lord, Lord, look at Eve. Forget the trees, baby. Not Eve. Eve sees the tree that is pretty. Women like pretty things. Now, she wasn't supposed to look at it, but it caught her attention. So that's why women are way more sensitive because they developed in the solar range. Shout, ladies, I'm setting you free here. Do you see? But not in a bad way because the guy that made the mistake, even though she messed up, it was Adam's fault that they got thrown out the garden because he's standing there with her, just looking at her. Boy, ain't no telling what he's thinking. Someone knocking on the door. <laughs> oh, look. Ain't no sunshine when she gone. <laughs> when a man loves a woman. <laughs> we had the best music. My generation had the best music. <laughs> we did. But see, she developed in that. She ate of the fruit. But sin didn't fall. Not that she's a lesser species. See, man made woman a lesser species. God created male and female, created them. He called them Adam, not him. Them. Not him. Them. Adam called Eve Eve. God called Eve Adam. You see what I'm saying? So when you understand that, and when he bit that fruit, not that he was bitter, sin fell. And then what's the first thing he does? Whatever man does. It's that woman thou gavest me made me do it. <laughs> now what I love about God Almighty, they, got, they, they had to get out of the garden. And that cherub with that sword going all around, that wasn't a judgment thing. That was a love thing. So they couldn't get to the tree of life because if they ate it, they had to live forever in sin. So God had to do that. But you know what God said? Well, if my creation is not going to live here, I'm not living here neither. He took Eden up and he went out into the wilderness with Adam and Eve. That's the God that loves us. He said his possibility of thinking was, I don't care what he does, I'll send a savior. I'll change this piece of fruit to the fruit of the spirit instead of the fruit of sin. See, it's a possibility thinking creates the picture, the music, the song about what people talk about. Why can God do that? Because he's almighty. Now, almightiness is at our disposal if we would fulfill the necessary requirement of putting it to proof. How do you put the almighty to proof? By using the name of Jesus. You have power of attorney to use the name of Jesus. It's like you... Like as if you walk it, you're not God, but you are a son or a daughter of God. So I use that almighty name and everything name got to bow. Oh, you hear, you hear what I'm saying? One time, I, not, maybe two or three years ago, uh, some man came up to me at the Southwest Believers Convention. 
I didn't know what he wanted. He said, Brother Jesse, my wife really loves the way your wife dresses. I said, oh, thank you. And her jewelry. <laughs> she got some nice jewelry. I said, oh, well, thank you. I said, well, thank you. I said, I'll tell Kathy that. I think she'd like that. He said, can I ask you a question? You don't have to answer it. I said, well, okay. What? He said, what's the most expensive thing you've ever given your wife? I said, my name. <laughs> She's got my name. She can sell everything I got. I don't have her name. I can't use her credit card but she can use mine. She's got my name. What did God give us? His name. His name. That's possibility thinking. That's almightiness. Use it. The name of Jesus. One time Kathy wanted to go to a restaurant she said, I don't use your name. I said, you lying woman, you do it all the time. Yo, shut up, Jesse. And I shut up, you know. We were in Maui, Hawaii at the Grand Wiley, and she wanted to eat at this. I don't know if anybody ever been to the Grand Wiley. They got a restaurant with a name that long. The Humanuma, Humanuma, Humanuma. It's that long. Humanuma, I mean, I know. So she says, I'd like to have a, a table. And they said, oh, we're all booked up. We can't do that. Just can't do that. She said, excuse me. I'm Mrs. Jesse DePlante. Oh, this way. <laughs> I said, now how did those people, when I walked in, man, everybody went, you Jesse DePlante? I said, yes, I am. How you do? Sometimes I say, no. You know, I, I, I'll mention, I, I, you know, I, I'll mention somebody else, you know, something like that as a joke. But I mean, she got the table. Yeah. And I got the bill. And she said, sometimes she'd come up to me, Jesse, do you feel out of the Lord to pay my American Express? <laughs> well, I said, that's what I live for. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she believes that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Now she said, I make my own money. That's true. You can do what you want to do. See, when you understand possibility thinking, I've said this so many times, I got to say it again. I was at Arts, uh, I preached for him not too long ago, and I said this. How many of you need some money? Don't lie, lift your hand up. Need some money. You know why you need some money? You ever wonder why you need some money? Because you don't know how much you want. Oh, you know how much you need. You know how much you need. Somebody tell you, oh yeah, you tell me what you need, but you don't know what you want. Why would you ask God for a need? Kathy used to tell me that all the time. You never ask God for a need. I never will. It's a waste of spiritual energy. Why would you do that when he says, I will supply how many need? How many need? How many? What are you asking him for a need for? Tell him what you want. The Lord's my shepherd. I shall not. If you tell your husband what you need for Christmas, girl, you're going to get a vacuum cleaner. That's not for you. That's for the house. You want something personal. I know what I want. That's greed, brother. Joseph. No, that's growth. It's in the Bible, the Lord, my shepherd, I shall not want. He didn't say I would not. I'll never get to the point of would not. I shall not want. Why? Because you'll have it. See, possibility thinking is not always easy. But it has a great track record of its own. Now, I've been preaching 47 years and I've never had a financial deficit. <laughs> why? Let me tell you why. People say, it's his faith. No. Hmm. 
You know why I didn't? Never. I didn't believe for it. You know how many preachers told me now, boy, let me tell you something here, boy. You know, I'm 26 years old. You know, I got born again when I was 24 and a half. And, uh, and uh, I preached my first message when I was 26. And just preaching to God, now, boy, you got to suffer, 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 suffer. Yeah. You know, I wasn't saying the more than a few months. I said, this is a fool. <laughs> All he can see is the problem and not the answer. So, not knowing about doubt. We didn't read the Bible. They said you go crazy if you read the Bible. Only the priest can interpret the Bible. Anybody know what I'm talking about back in there? Yeah. So when I first saw a Pentecostal woman going, I thought, she'd been reading that Bible. Somebody better take that Bible away from that crazy woman. But I started Kathy started reading the Bible, and one time at church, she went, whoop, whoop, whoop. I said, oh, God. <laughs> so I did a study. Jesus never had a financial deficit. David, he never did. Apostle Paul did. The teaching apostles did. Apostle John, Apostle Peter, Apostle Jude, Apostle Titus had financial deficit. Why? Paul shows us why. See, God was trying to bless Paul. God wanted to bless him. And God sent people to bless him. You know what Paul says? Uh, I, I, I make tents. I work with my own hands. Well, that's good. That's great. That's wonderful. And he struggled. But in the next epistle, he changes it. Paul says, I did you a disservice because I did not receive from you. But now I have received from Ephrodite the things you sent me. I'm full. I have all. And I abound. And when he's head, ready to get his head cut off, he's writing encouraging letters to Timothy when Timothy ought to have been writing him. He's writing encouraging letters to Titus when, well, my God, when they ought to have been writing him. See, but when you're full, there ain't no more. You can't put nothing else in there. You're full. See, so when you understand that possibility thinking is not always easy, but it has a great track record of its own. So when I saw Jesus never had a financial deficit, and I'm not worried that they latch the shoelaces of the Apostle Paul. I call him the greatest intellectual mind ever drawn to the rim of Christianity. I personally know the Apostle Paul. I don't care if you believe it or not. I sat in his house on a windowsill and we talked the gospel. Amen. 1988 when I went to heaven there in Magnolia, Arkansas. He's he a little short guy. He's about this big. Jesus is about 5'11 to 6 foot 1. His hair, I thought, was white like mine. It's not. Because I, I just could see bright. But when he turned his head like this, his hair was light brown. I went, oh, yeah, look at that. Put his hand on this shoulder. He's a nice man. <laughs> and why did he form to a man? So we could hug him. You can't hug the Spirit of God, the Father. Energy, power. But he puts himself in Christ so you can hold him. So did that increase your faith? No, faith don't come that way. What it did do was increase my longing. Come on, Jesus. I said, I prayed that the other day. I said, Jesus, come now. He said, Jesse, people go to hell. I said, they're going to hell anyway. Jesus, just come on. <laughs> I, listen, I just, that's how I pray. And he understands that. I've seen him aggravated. I said, you mad today? Somebody angered you. Oh, yeah. See, I just didn't want to 
uh, believe God, I wanted to know God. See, I went from religion to relationship and then from relationship to fellowship. Hello, Jesus. Hi, Jesse. See, faith knows God by kinship. Write that down. This is possibility of thinking. Faith knows God by kinship, by communion, by continuity, by discipline, and the beauty of its conduct. Faith knows God by kinship. Some people say, I know Jesse. No, you don't. You know about me. Kathy knows me. I, I, when you become a friend, you fellowship. If you really want to know somebody, go on vacation with them. You're going to find out about them people real quick. Faith knows God by kinship, communion, continuity, discipline, because love and experience form is discipline, and the beauty of its conduct. That's why Jesus, if he had faith the size of a mustard seed, he was so impressed about the power of a mustard seed that he used it as an example. Isn't that amazing? Now, why was Jesus so good? Kinship with his father. Why did he come? that you might know the Father. Kinship, communion, I must speak to my Father. Continuity, me and my Father are one. My God, discipline, not my will, but thine be done. My God, and the beauty of all that put together. It's truly amazing. See, what people don't understand about the Trinity, you gotta understand, David, you gotta understand Trinity language. The Father has a voice. The Son, Jesus, has a voice. The Holy Spirit has a voice. Now, when they talk together, it's like harmony. You know, one, three, five, you know, a, a simple harmony, whatever. And, boy, and when people, the people that had to me the best harmony was the carpenters. Remember that, that group? I mean, they sounded like one voice. Da, 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 close to you. I mean, it was a, ooh. See, they're in perfect harmony, yet they they're the same, but yet totally different in their aspiration and what they do. And that's what Jesus was. So we can understand, when you understand that, how God is saying those things. So that's how you know is when I wanted fellowship, I need to talk to you. I'm gonna tell you people, I don't pray a lot. Praying is asking God, oh Jesus, help me Lord. Help me Jesus. That's good. I want, I, I, what I want is, hello Jesus, hi Jesse. Uh, what are we doing today? You know what he told me? I don't know. You're my hands. You're my feet. Where are you taking me? Because the only Jesus some people may ever see is the Jesus in you or the Jesus in me. Where will you take God tomorrow? Am I making you think? Preaching should, preaching should never supersede thought. It should make you think. You see, this continuity. They become one. The only one of the Trinity. The only one. The Father can't look at sin. Jesus hanging on the cross like this. The nails are not holding him there. Your sin's holding him there. My sin's holding him there. Father turns his back. Holy Spirit, whoo, no, too pure, can't. Jesus is the only part of God that touched sin, became sin, not a sinner. There's a vast difference. See, he never was a sinner because he never repented. If you're a sinner, you got to repent. Jesus didn't repent but he became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. You were never made righteous, 
but Jesus made you righteous. You weren't righteous, he made you righteous. Yeah. See, he's the only one that ever touched sin. And he did that for me. That's possibility thinking. And he did it out of love. Father, you love this mankind species. I will become sin that they may become the righteousness of God. So why would you backslide? Why would you hurt God? And you know, Psalms 22, all theological school preach it as messianic. And he, and he says, the bulls of Bashan are around me. Well, the bulls of Bashan are not in heaven. They're in hell. You see what I'm saying? So when you understand, that's why Mary couldn't touch him. He had to ascend. He rose, but he hadn't ascended yet. To pour that blood on the holies, the holies, and declare us righteous. And the only way he could do that so that the Father could get close to us was through his blood. That's possibility thinking. And he said, I'll do it for you, Dad. Because me and you are one, yet we three. I have a spirit housing a soul, clothing the body. I have a spirit voice. I can hear it. I have a soulish voice, and you hear my physical voice. And sometimes all three of them are in sync. And sometimes the other two are not in sync because the spirit's always right. Your spirit has no doubt. Your spirit just believe everything God says. It's your soulless realm that you got problems. You go to a mall tomorrow and see a, a crippled person in a wheelchair, your spirit say, go over there, grab them, pull them out. In the name of Jesus, rise, walk. Your soul say, control yourself, fool. You're going to lose your ever-loving mind. Suppose it don't work, you're going to get a lawsuit, boy. That's not continuity. <laughs> See, faith is an invisible force that surrounds us yeah. and calls us to accomplish the impossible. Faith is an invisible force, the evidence of it is not seen, that surrounds us, calls us to accomplish the impossible. Let me show you what faith is. Faith is a magnet. You take a magnet, you get a, a, a paper clip, and you got a magnet in your hand, you're not going to get to the clip. The magnet is going to suck it to it before you can touch it. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I mean, you, 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 you can't, boom. Now watch it. If you got the wrong way of doing it, you switch it around, the magnet will push it away. You can't. But boy, you get it in sync. Boom. That's what faith is. Did I say that, Lord? He said, tell her, I, I suck money to me. Boom, yeah. yeah. it just comes to me. Don't get mad at me. It ain't my fault. That's Deuteronomy 8, 18. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. I was at John Higgins Church with him. I love John, such a blessing. But John, he's an instigator, you know. He likes to stir up stuff. He's brilliant. He's just brilliant. Wonderful man. I mean, great friends. And the who's who of the preaching world was there. And I'm just sitting there listening, you know, and if I name them, you know them all. So they start talking about who, what's the biggest donation anybody's ever given their ministry? I mean, these are the who's who, you know. And so they're big, some said a million dollars, some said a hundred thousand, some said fifty thousand, whatever. I didn't say nothing. I, you know, I said, shut my mouth. I'm like you. I get around people that I think has really got something. I shut up and listen. Yeah. Now here comes John. Hey, Jesse. I thought, oh, John. <laughs> what's the biggest donation ever given your ministry? I said, trust. 
See, you were disappointed, wouldn't you? Yeah, you went. Trust. I said, John, never break it. Because if you do, you may never get it back. Or if you do get it back, it may take a lifetime. I said, I'm not trying to be humble or spiritual here. People don't have to do anything. They do it because they want to. That's what I'm saying here. Faith is an invisible force that surrounds us and calls us to accomplish the impossible. See, when you understand that, you, 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 it's amazing how quick things begin to happen. See, there's a world of difference between taking a statement literally and not taking it seriously. There's a world of difference. Now, you know, I had a man tell me not long ago, he said, I don't believe in healing. I said, you hadn't got sick enough yet. He just looked at me. You know what I said? I said, you hadn't had a doctor stick his finger in your face, said you got pancreatic cancer, stage four, you got maybe a month and a half. All of a sudden, somebody like me or you, Art, we become very popular because we believe in healing. Just ain't got sick enough. Not long ago, I was in Florida preaching. It, it sounded harsh, but I was just—I uh, I just learned it this way. And there was a lady who was—you know—looked like she had, was a lady of substance. You know, she dressed real well. You know, and I was about this for me, you, David, about this cloak. And I looked. I said, "You're gonna believe it a hundredfold." She goes, "No." I said, "You're not ready for me." Wow. And I just turned around, and walked off. People went, "Lord, but just," I said, "She ain't ready for me. You don't cast no pearl before swine." Yeah. I didn't call her a pig. I, I didn't do that. I just repeated what Jesus said. I said, you're not ready for me. See, sometimes the reason why some people can't handle you, because they're not ready for you. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? Because you're growing daily, not just Sunday. That's possibility thinking. I had a pilot one time, one of the best pilots I think I ever had as far as flying. When I bought, when I bought Jesse Prince Ministries property to build the the, you know, the ministry, the builders and stuff like that. Sometimes we'd come in at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. We're driving by. I say, Jack, pull over. He said, what? I said, pull over right now. He pulled over. I said, get out the car. Now, I'm in front of the land of the ministry. I, bought. I said, Jack, can you see it? Can you see it, Jack? He goes, see what? I said, the builders. Man, can you see it? Can you see the people coming in and out? Can you see it? Then it dawned on me. He's not ready for me. He ain't going to be here long because he's blind and the blind lead the blind and they fall in the ditch. I call it crawfish Christianity. Mud bug. You know what a crawfish does? Got his hands up all the time, but he's backing up. He winds up in a balling pot and a cage and sucks his head off. Don't knock it till you try it. There's a world of difference between taking a statement literally and not taking it seriously. You see, so I want people to see. See, I'm a visionary specialist. Can you see this? And how you see it is the evidence of it's not seen. You're seeing it with the eye of faith. And when you know, when you're not trying to convince yourself, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing. I'm standing on the word. I'm, I think I'm believing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just... Paul, you know, Paul said, I know. Yeah. I never forget the one, most, one of the finest statements the Apostle Paul ever gave me when I was in heaven talking to him. We had a really great discussion. It was a blessing to the Lord. He, I said, you know, if you came back to the earth, you could get me for copyright infringement. I'll preach everything you say, man. 
I just think it's great. And he laughed. He was a real nice man. And he said this, would you change something for me? I said, yes, sir. He said, you know, when I said our light affliction is but for a moment, I said, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah. He said, and he leaned over to me. He said, the church made it a lifetime. Change it back to a moment. I said, that I will do. He said, I will ask you that when you come here to stay. I have a responsibility. My word is my bond. My good friend, Bishop T.D. Jakes, I love the bishop. He's such a blessing. He said, Jesse, you're the blackest white man I ever saw in my life. I said, what? He said, you can say stuff to black people that I can't say, and I'm a black man. I said, I don't. he said, I'm going to give you a wonderful opportunity. This is when he's having that big mega fest there in Atlanta. He said, I want you to preach on a Wednesday night, 72,000 people. Come on, Jesse. And I said, I can't do that. What do you mean you can't do that? I said, I'm booked. I got to preach. Well, how many are you going to be preaching to? I don't know, six, seven, eight hundred people, maybe at the most. Jesse, this is 72,000. I said, I don't care how many it is. My word is my bond. You can't separate me from my word. He said, well, I want you to come and do this. When can you come? I said, I can give you Friday at 10 o'clock in the morning. He said, I'll take it. 15,000 people in the 10 a.m. <laughs> Now, normally he don't go to the, he was at my service. He likes me and I like him. I've always liked Bishop Jakes, you know, such a blessing. We all started out together, me and Jakes on the same week on TBN. His ministry exploded on a Thursday night on TBN. Mine exploded on a Tuesday night on TBN the same week. So we know we kind of got together because he had a very, very small church up there in Virginia. I mean, actually, I think it was West Virginia. Just, but I mean, man, the man's a phenomenal preacher. You know it and I know it. What a blessing of the Lord. And uh, so he looks at me. And he said, listen, you're going to stay over and go to lunch? I said, I can't. He said, what do you mean you can't? I said, I got to preach for Kenneth Copeland at 2 o'clock. He said, Jesse, that's in Fort Worth. I said, that's why I got a jet. <laughs> so I finished preaching. I said, I love you, Bishop. See you later. They had the engine still running. Yes. We were doing 90 miles an hour downtown Atlanta. They had all the lights turned green for me. <laughs> I felt like the president of the United States. <laughs> Whoa, man. Got there and I said, hit this thing. And my guy, Kenneth, it's the two o'clock session, you know. <laughs> he don't know. He thinks I'm in my room. <laughs> I'm in another city, man. But thank God that I gained an hour. You know, you went from Eastern to Central. I got there and Brother Copeland, normally, you know, uh, George or someone else will introduce the speaker. But he hadn't introduced. He said, now, ladies and gentlemen, he ain't seen me. Ladies and gentlemen, just to the planet. I just got there and I walked up and said, hello, everybody. How y'all doing? <laughs> Boy, he said, man, you hot, Jesse, you sweaty. I just finished preaching. <laughs> my word's my bond. When I say something, I do what I say. I, I, I wear out a lot of Bibles. I have my old, all my Bibles, but my first one I, I wrote in, I want my word to be like God's word that when I say it, I will do it. And sometimes you say things you shouldn't say. Bible says you swear to your own hurt, but because you said it, you do it. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. See, possibility thinking. So what has God called you to do? And if you tell some people, nah, nah don't get crazy with this thing. See, that, that person's not ready for you. You see what I'm saying? When you understand that, you'll understand this. Do not accept the humiliating bondage of circumstances. Resignation is a want of spirit. When you've resigned not to do what God said. Do not accept the humiliating bondage of circumstances. Resignation is a want of spirit. 
There's always somebody telling you you can't do something. But the Bible said, I can do all things through Christ. Now, I am not good at vacations. I have no hobbies. I work. I'm a worker. I'm a generation that works. That's what I do. Now, I've been to Hawaii 107 times. <laughs> and Kathy loves Hawaii. And I get her a big room, man. She go in there. She open up the curtains, man. Open up the curtains. And, and she goes, Jesse, look at the ocean. I go, I seen it. It's water. <laughs> she said, what is your problem? I said, nothing. Nothing. You don't know how to relax. I got to find you a hobby. I said, Kathy. You want me to relax? You know what I want to do? And they got this mall she likes called the uh, Alamoana Mall. Anybody ever been there know what I'm talking about? That Alamo? That third floor, son. Whoo, Jesus. That's where the big money is. She says, I'm going to the Alamoana Mall. I said, well, I'm going to relax. I closed all the curtains. <laughs> I closed everything. I ordered room service and I put on Turner Classic Movies. <laughs> And I sat there and I love them old black and white fans. I just enjoyed myself. She said, well, I'm going to the mall. Now, you may get mad at me when I said that. As she was about ready to walk out, I said, hey, Kathy. She said, what? I said, try to break me. She said, what? I said, try to break me. Because you can't. I got too much seed in the ground. Uh-uh. Buy anything you want. Buy anything you see. I don't care. Try to break me. I wasn't nervous about that. My God. Is God your God? Come on. Come on. Come on. Okay, you're not ready for me here. Let me go over here. <laughs> My God. All right. Possibility thinking. This was 9 a.m. At 8.30 that night, she calls me. I didn't watch five movies. It was great, man. I just enjoyed my ball and Brando, Cary Grant, you know, all that, you know, and some of the, oh, and just great movie. She said, Jesse, you hungry? Yeah. She said, meet me at Bubba Gump's. So man, I, I, don't, I don't rent no car. I get a cab because you can't, you got to have a hard time trying to park them cars in, in Honolulu, you know. Anyway, so I get there and I'm waiting, man. I'm thinking there's going to be boxes everywhere. I get to the table and I said, what'd you buy? She said, nothing. I said, Kathy, you've been here 11 and a half hours. She said, you don't understand shopping. You got to scout out the land. She said, well, watch yourself tomorrow when I come back. <laughs> she had to go. See, women got to see everything. You got to look at everything. You know? 11 and a half hours. But the next day, she did her thing. She couldn't break me. I'm not bragging about that. Mm-mm. So good. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Now, I know that sounds cocky and arrogant. It's possibility thinking. You ever tried to break God? Because you can't. Ephesians 5.1, be ye therefore imitators of God as dear children. So do not accept the humiliating bondages, bondage of circumstances. Resignation is the warrant of spirit. And don't get in bondage to the blessing. See, the problem with the church where well, you can only have one thing. God said, when you have built, in Deuteronomy 8, when you have built beautiful houses. How's this? Not house. How's this? Now, nah, Brother Joseph, that's greed. No, that's Deuteronomy 8. Well, now, that's the Old Testament. What well, I'm the seed of Abraham. 
You ain't talking me out of this. It makes no difference whether it's spiritual, physical, or financial, all three. Now, to other people, they think, well, that's crazy because you're intellectualizing something that's spiritual. And you can't get that. Your intellect is not there. That's why scientists cannot believe in God because if they don't see it with the Hubble telescope or the James Webb telescope or the or quantum mechanics or your quantum physics, they, it, it, it can't happen. They don't understand the formula of faith. It's beyond the intellectual activity because it deals with spirit, which causes possibility thinking. See, so I, 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 I don't get in bondage to the blessing or blessings, if that's what you want. I don't get mad if you got something I don't have. I don't care. I'm glad you got it. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I, I try to do good business in everything I do because I was taught that way. And I want, I want to say this point. I don't want to preach too long here because I want to flow in the Holy Ghost. Confidence, confidence is oneself's, confidence in oneself generates strength. Now I'm going to say something sound arrogant. Look at me. I believe in myself. I know what I can do. And I know what God can do through me. That's not cockiness. That's not arrogance. That's confidence and assurance. You that are watching online, listen to me. You got to believe in yourself. You know why? Because God does. He believes in you. He chose you. Confidence in oneself generates strength. And it's not a passive state of mind, but an exercise of the will. So when God tells me to do something unbelievable, impossible, he adds this, but it's doable. I'll give you an example. Years and years ago, remember, Kathy, when I went on PTL? <laughs> I saved and I paid PTL one year in advance. God, that was a big thing for me. And the Jim Baker scandal blew up. I was so mad at Jimmy, Jim and Tammy Baker. I was going to go over there and rip her eyelashes off. <laughs> I was hot all that year. And that money was like you pull a, a, a plug out the bathroom, down it went. Oh, you on PTL? PTL. I said, Lord, he said, I'm not talking to you until you, that doesn't bother you no more. Who gave you the money? And I like Tammy's eyelashes. <laughs> what he said. She learned that from Jan Crouch. Jan wore two sets of them. I used to love Jan Crouch. I said, hey, Jan, will you go clean my windshield? <laughs> She, she gets so mad. She goes, Jesse Duflat, I'm going to beat your brains out. One time she told me I needed a facelift. She, goes, she said, sit down, we need to talk. And I'm looking at her. She's about this. Go, you know, Jesse, you got to get rid of this. I said, you mean you want me to look like you? Oh! Now, the reason why I could talk, it wasn't, it wasn't being critical. We were friends. 
She said, and she go to hug me. I said, you got too much powder on. You got powder all over, Jen. Whoo. But that woman had vision, boy. Oh, buddy, she had vision. Strong behind the camera. Who ran TBN? was not Paul. Jan. Now, Paul was brilliant. Don't misunderstand me. But Jan ran. When Jan said something, it happened. Remember that time I wanted to buy my own time? Paul said, now, Jesse, we just can't do that. I said, I'm talking to the wrong person. So I went to Nashville. Jan called me. She said, Jess, would you come to Nashville and preach at the Nashville thing? I said, sure, Jan. So I kind of, she called me. She said, you want something to drink? We're about ready to go on. I said, she said, you want to ask me something? I said, Jan, I want to buy my time when you want to buy it. I said, today. She said, come with me. I walked over to the next one. She picks up the phone. She said, Jesse wants to buy his time. Sell it to him. What time do you want, Jesse? I said, well, the time that I'm on right now on P.O. Box A, Santa Ana, California. Now, everyone told me in the, in the, you cannot buy the P.O. Box A, Santa Ana, California time because that's the best time. <laughs> Paul said I couldn't do it. Everybody else said I couldn't do it. And, I, and she had it on speaker. She said, do you know who I am? I'm Jan. You want your job? Uh, yeah, Jan. Jesse, when you want to start? I said, uh, next Monday. Done. Before I got home, the contract had come through. Yeah. I love Jan Crouch. <laughs> and you know what she's told me? Teach these people faith. Yeah. Teach it, Jesse. Yeah. Teach it, preach it. And a lot of times when I'd be flowing in the Holy Ghost, I'd, I'd feel somebody grabbing me. It was Jan. She had her two little grandkids. This before they grew up. She said, follow this man. Look at me. And she'd hold on to me. I said, Jan, turn me loose. <laughs> she said, I want my grandkids seeing this. And if she saw a piece of paper on the ground, she picked it up. Was everything right with her? No. Do you know anybody where everything's right? That's none of my business. That's between God and them. I just made up my mind that God gave me an outlet. And it was a blessing of the Lord. You see, so I didn't worry about the circumstances. Confidence in oneself generates strength. And let me just say this in close. Faith is impressive and seizes upon devout imagination. See, faith starts with imagination. If you really want to learn faith, go with your kids. Because they imagine things, man. That's faith working. You can turn that imagination into living reality. Faith is impressive and seizes upon devout imagination. It gives words and works charm. You know, I'm believing God for 14 satellites. Been believing a long time. Seven low orbit, seven high orbit, six billion dollars. Now that seems impossible. I've already had the six billion dollars. I was at Smith and Lewinsky's uh, steakhouse in Manhattan when all the hedge fund boys were all there. We want we to invest in this. My leg was shaking under the table. I thought, Jesus, Lord of God. But I had one stipulation that I would not break. Because I, I believe in, uh, you know, blessing the investors. They need to make money. I don't have a problem with people making money. They, I said, I have one thing that all of you have to sign today if we're going to do this. And I mean, I laid it out financially. I laid it out, you know, and all this kind of stuff. You know, Elon Musk tried to do it and couldn't. I'm not bragging about that. That's a fact. 
make a long story short, I said it cannot be sold. Boom, that put the brakes on everything. See, because I know how these guys think. They're going to build this thing up, get it up to about 70, 80 billion dollars, then hit the golden parachute, sell it, and out to the next adventure. No, no, I wanted this so that no one could ever take the gospel off the air. See, no one should have the power to take Trump off the air. Now, you may dislike him or like him. That's not the issue. They shouldn't have that kind of power to do that. So with these seven little orbits, seven, you, you, you touching the whole planet. You see what I'm saying? And pay the investment. I said, you'll make $3 billion the first year. I got no problem with that. And they, they, they balked. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, get up and leave. I said, Jesus, Jesus. The six billion dollars I wanted. Six B-I-L-L-I-O. Six billion. He said, walk away. So I want to be able to put minutes on at no cost anytime, running 24-7. And charge the heathen. Well, I thought it was a lost deal, Nancy. Been years. Got a phone call about seven, eight months ago. Reverend, you remember us? Oh yeah. We're still thinking about that. We tried it, but we couldn't do it. But you got it. It's in your head. I said, I have the panache. I know how to do this. You still got that stipulation? I said, yeah. I said, this is for the gospel's sake. I don't mind you making money. You're an investor. You should make money. I have no problem with that. But it can't be so. You see, now this is my, my conviction, not my opinion. Partners pay for these networks. They build them up, then they sell them. Pay for all those powerful TV stations, then sell it for $200 million. That's not right. In my opinion, not opinion, my conviction. That was for the gospel's sake. So I said, he said, so you're not bending? I said, no, no. I said, I'm going to tell you something, boys, you can't do it without me. I got it from God. He said, boy, he's pretty high. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I know what they want to do. I gotta, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. Build, you know, like Netflix, get it up real big and sell it. Take the golden parachute and get out. I mean, that's what Wall Street does. That's, 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 that's the economy, the way it happens, you see. So when you understand that faith is impressive, they were impressed. And how I got it was through imagination. The Lord said, we can do this. I said, yes, we can. Yeah. And I'm still believing it's going to happen. You know, I said, I, I, I'm not defeated because of time. Now, who don't want it yesterday? We're Americans. We created fast food. We get mad at Wendy's if they spend 30 seconds making a hamburger. What's your problem? <laughs> One time we was on a motorcycle trip. <laughs> Me, Jerry Seville, Kenneth Copeland. I believe Happy and Jeannie was with us and Dennis and Vicky Burke in this little town. I wanted to go to McDonald's for breakfast. Ken said, we ain't going to McDonald's. <laughs> I call him Brother Copeland. But this, we, we ride, we friends, you know. I said, I'm telling you, Ken, man, they got, some, they got a good breakfast. You can go to McDonald's you want. I'm going to this cafe. I said, well, if you're going, we're going. It was the worst food we ever ate in our life. 
the greasiest eggs you ever saw. I'm telling you what, my Lord, I mean. So we walked out and Ken's going, Ugh. I said, we done went to McDonald's. It wouldn't have been an hour and you wouldn't be burping grease here. He busted out laughing. He said, yeah, I guess so. I said, all right. It was my birthday that day. They didn't buy me a cake. They bought me a donut. <laughs> so y'all could find a donut. I said, that's all right. <laughs> I loved glory. Glory was always on my side. Let's listen to jazz. We did a sing-along there. And what's the name of that place in Wyoming? Rollins, Wyoming. Me and Dennis Burke. And it, what they call that? A karaoke. A karaoke thing. So the guy said, what y'all want to sing? I said, Dennis, you know, let's remember when we were heathens. Let's sing Witchy Woman. Woo-hoo, Witchy Woman. Yeah, and then we sang the other one. You got to change your evil ways, baby. And Gloria stopped throwing money. It was great. Can't can want to sing Sinatra. No, man. You got to change your evil way. And, and so I lean over to Dennis. I said, pick up the money. Just keep singing. Pick up the money. <laughs> Gloria's throwing the money. And Kathy throwing it. It was great. This kid, nine years old, comes up to me and he goes, you're good. You're good. I said, thank you. It's okay to have fun. Preachers can't have fun. We had fun. Possibility thinking. Now, why is God telling me to speak about that today? Because he wants to increase this vision that's in your mind. You, need, you know what to do. You know how to believe it. But how you get it to activate. You plug it in the socket. That power is in that socket. But you don't feel it till you put something in that socket. And when you do that, God's word just comes to pass. And I, I want to stop because I want to flow here in a minute. But when you understand it, there's nothing you can't do. Right. So I'm going to ask you a question. What are you believing for? What are you believing for, sir? I'm believing to get on regional TV and for our church Amen. to be paid off. Well, that's something God can do. What you believing for, ma'am? What? What did she say? New a new house. Nothing wrong with that. What you believing for, sir? Whatever she says, right? I got, I got that. <laughs> I, I, I understand. Yeah. What are you believing for, sir? Building for our church. Building for your church. You know, everything everybody said so far, God is totally pleased with that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What are you believing for, David? My second house. Your second house. What you believing for, sweetheart? My third house. Oh, come on, Jesus. <laughs> See, black people know how to snap. <laughs> they know how to float. What you believing for, Morgan? This building paid off. You what? This building, this building paid off. Amen. That's not hard to do. No. God can do that. What you believing for, sir? Multiple, multiple buildings. Multiple buildings. Amen. You know, it's amazing. Everybody's saying stuff that God says you can have. Yeah. Right. Nobody has said anything that God said you couldn't on, have. Right. What you believing for, sir? Church building. A church building. Yes, what you believing for, ma'am? A new house. A new house. A new husband? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 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 is, your, is your husband dead? <laughs> you can't have two. You got to, you know, one at a time. <laughs> I thought she said, uh, 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 you believe for a husband? 
Yeah, yeah. Let me help you, sweetheart. You believe for a husband? Yes, sir. When I was 35, a 72-year-old woman threw me in a closet <laughs> at the Shreveport Civic Center. I was doing a meeting. And she said, I want a man. I said, I am not your man. That's a true story. I said, open the door. And she said, I am not letting you go until you pray for God to give me a husband. And I want a rich one. I'm 35, she's 72. Now, I thought that was old, 72. I'm going to be 74, but that ain't old now. But anyway, so I pray for Jesus, help this woman and help me. It wasn't eight months later, I went to Norman, Oklahoma, and she had a man on her arm. He was the richest man in Norman, Oklahoma. Rich. And you know what, sweetheart? She said, it worked. That's a true story. What are you believing for, sir? A lake home. Art, what you believing for? Thirty-two million, six hundred eighty-six thousand. <laughs> oh, I, I like figures. Is that okay? Would you? <laughs> okay. What you believing for, sir? Another house. Another house. How about you, sir? Finish my towel. Fix it up. Ah, that's good. What you believing for? I want a dirt bike. You want a dirt bike? Oh. A fast one yes. that can go up a mountain. Spitting dirt as it goes, huh? You like being fast, huh? Oh, yes. You're looking good, man. You're looking sharp at that day. What you believe for, man? Um, build our house and then our church building. Yeah. Nobody has said anything that God can't do. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Amen. All these things have been available before you believed them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Before you had the vision of it. Sitting there waiting. I've told this story many times. I felt let the Lord say it, then I'm gonna pray. My daughter is my greatest miracle. I only had one daughter, one granddaughter. And I did a program with Jody today, and Jody's just such a blessing. Good Lord, man. <laughs> At three years old, she told me I was going to hell. <laughs> uh, she was right. Because her mother said I was going to hell. When she got married, they bought a house. And I told her, I said, I'll never put my nose in your business. Now, if you ask me, I'll tell you what I think. But you have to ask me. But I won't put your nose in, my business, in, in your business. But I took my son-in-law and I said, let me help you here. I'm a man that loves God with every fiber of my being. But there's certain parts of me not sanctified. <laughs> I'm an honest man. I said, you see my daughter? Don't you ever hit her. Because I don't know what I'm going to do. And if I kill you, I'm going to kill you slow. <laughs> it's going to be very painful. You understand what I'm talking about? <laughs> Kathy goes, you're a preacher. I said, I'm preaching right now, son. <laughs> you, you, you do not hit my daughter. Now, she's going to make you mad enough. You walk out the house, she don't hit her. And he's honored that. Well, they bought a house and financed it. Then they bought a car. So between the house and the car, the notes, the levels right here. Now, I, I didn't get a chance to see the house or anything like that because I was traveling all the time. So I flew in and I, uh, I think I came in from New York. And I told Kathy on the phone, I said, Kathy, I want to buy these kids a, a nice housewarming gift. So keep your, keep your ear to the ground. See what they want, you know. I want to give them something they want, not they need. You know, 
So, and you know, when you've been married a long time, sometimes you don't have to talk. You just go, you kind of know. So I stopped at her house and I walked in and it's a beautiful home. She said, Daddy, you like it? I said, Jody, my God, that's a beautiful home. The Lord has blessed you so great. You really like it, Dad? I said, I love it, Jody. It's that first house. She said, Dad, I want to show you something. And she pulls out the Architectural Digest magazine, you know that thing? And I, I, I'm going to take it as long as I want, Kathy. She said, I ought to shorten it up. No, I'm going to say, how did... And she flips it over to a Persian rug, one of them runners, uh, I think that you put in the foyer or something like that. And she said, now, Dad, we ain't got the money for this now, you know, because we just bought the house and the car. But I, 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 I'm going to get one like that. And, you know, and, she, and I looked at Kathy. I thought, this is great. I said, Jody, why don't you go ahead and order the rug and send me the bill. I'll pay for it. She said, Dad, that's expensive. I don't know, it was two or four thousand dollars. I think it was four thousand or something. I said, I don't care. So, Dad, I can't let you do that. Daddy, God, Daddy, I did not show you the rug for you to buy it for me. I can't let you do that. And I looked at her. I went, okay. <laughs> and I got in my car and I went home. She didn't ask for the rug. I'm her father. I'm trying to bless this kid. But she would not. Well, four months later, I stopped by our house again. I opened up, she opened the door and I said, Jody, you ever gonna put some drapes and some curtains in this house? Have you ever put sheets on the windows? Anybody ever done that? Hold your hand up if you ever done that. Look at the people, good Lord, yeah. She said, well, Daddy, I'm, I'm, we're not like you and Mom. I mean, y'all go buy stuff and do whatever. And I just looked, I said, Jody, call Mr. Signorelli. That's a man in the drapery business in New Orleans. I said, pick all your fabrics, get your blinds, all the windows. I, get anything you want. Tell Signorelli, he knows me. Send me the bill, I'll pay for everything. I can't let you do that, Daddy. Daddy, you know how much money that would cost? I can't let you do that. I mean, just one window would be a lot of money. I can't let you do that. I said, okay. So I got my car and went home. She didn't ask for the drapes. She didn't ask for the rug. I'm her father. I'm trying to bless this girl. And my son, I'm trying to bless them. But they would not. Six months passed. They had bought a new car, one of my Infinities. I think that's what that car was. I had seen it from afar, but Margaret, I never got in it. So I was coming back from Chicago. Kathy says, and I got, and they called me the Golden Goose, the, uh, the Golden Eagle. The Golden Eagle has landed. <laughs> and then when I at the office, they called me the Golden Goose. Don't kill the Golden Goose. <laughs> and they do it all the time. They go, uh, I caught him. I heard him. So I said, uh, uh, Kathy says, uh, Jody wants to, and Ed wants to take us out to your favorite restaurants, Mr. B's in New Orleans. Barbecue shrimp. My God. You shoot it in your veins. That's how good it is. <laughs> oh, God. This, this is, I send people there all the time. Anybody ever went and eat? Am, am I telling the truth? I mean, <laughs> gumbo yaya. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Okay. And they want, they want to pick you up. And Kathy said, are you tired? I said, no, I slept on a plane. She said, they're going to pay for it. I said, no, they're not. I'm the father. I ain't letting them kids pay for that. I said, well, we'll go to Mr. B's. She said, we're going to go in that car. So I've never been in a car. So I sat in the back seat. When I'm looking at beautiful leather, you know, I thought, well, and I love the smell of a new car, you know. It was six months old. I said, man, 
I said, Jody, this is a pretty cool. You like it, Daddy? Isn't this a beautiful God? I said, oh, Jody, this is God. The Lord has just totally blessed you. It's such a blessing. Daddy, we're never going to buy another car. I said, yeah, you will. This is your first one. It's going to wear out, but that's all right. Use it and enjoy yourself. I said, it's a beautiful car. I'm sitting in the back. Well, there's a red light in New Orleans that everybody hates. It's been shot at. <laughs> blowed up. And they just put it back. And it takes three minutes to change. It's green. You know how long it is to sit three minutes waiting for a light to turn green? I mean, you backslide and you get resaved. I mean, it, it's just aggravating, you know, it's just terrible. You know? So I'm sitting in the back seat. And I said, Jody, did y'all finance this car? Well, yeah, daddy. We're not like you and mama go buy cars cash. No, we had this red light. I said, where'd you find that? And this car. She said, across the street. Uh, Jefferson Financial, something, I don't know what it was called. I said, you financed it right there? She said, yeah, daddy. I said, Ed, when the light turns green, drive over to that Jefferson thing and I'll pay your car off. Jody says, let the Lord lead you, daddy. <laughs> let the Lord lead you, daddy. Oh, daddy, let the Lord lead you. Come on, daddy. So, Three or four minutes later, we walk out with the title in our hands, the cause paper. Wait, 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 wait. That ain't doing she says, Dad, is that curtain and rug deal still out there? <laughs> See, she didn't understand possibility thinking. I said, Jody, that rug and curtain deal, that money's been sitting in a bank for six months waiting for you to receive it, but you would not. God has had your money for over 2,000 years in a bank waiting for you to receive it. But you would not. When are we going to receive what God has for us? When? Who cares what anybody says? It's, he's your father. I'm her father. I asked her last year for Christmas. I said, Jody, what do you want for Christmas? She said, Dad, let the Lord lead you. <laughs> I buy Kathy a nice thing. I brought Jody with me one time shopping. And Jody looked at me. She said, Dad, you going to buy that for Mama? I said, yeah. Daddy, ain't no woman worth that amount of money. <laughs> I said, well, I think your mama is. She said, maybe I got issues. I said, Jody, you want something in the process? Oh, yeah. I said, well, go get what you want. I'm not bragging. I'm not. Listen to me. I'm her father. So when God tells me, Jesse, do this, I'm your father. This has been sitting for thousands of years. When will you receive this? We're going to wait another millennium, another century. When? Now, she, now she's learned. She's learned now. It's not greed. I'm the one suggested it. It's not greed when God said, he suggested it. He wrote it down in a manuscript. And he said, go ahead and, 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 and just believe it and I will do this if you let me. I decided to let him. The other day I walked into Kathy's office. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. I feel so comfortable in this church. 
And I said, Kathy, uh, write a check to God for $25,000. Just give it to the church. She said, oh, okay. I didn't ask God. I walked back to my office and the Lord said, excuse me, why did you do that? I said, I just wanted to. He said, you know, I didn't require anything. I said, I know. I just wanted to. I don't know, Lord, you've done so much. I just felt like blessing you. I'm your son. He said, thank you, Jesse. I said, you're welcome. I said, anything else you need? He said, I have no needs. I said, neither do I. That's why we get along so good. <laughs> he said, but I have wants. I said, so do I. He said, I want this world. Go get it for me, Jesse. I've given you energy. I said, I am about your business. Here we go. Will you ever retire? Not likely. I could have retired 25 years ago, go to Hawaii, me and Kathy, and suffer for Jesus <laughs> the rest of our lives. And Jody's praying that I buy a house in Hawaii so she can use it. <laughs> I, I don't, how do you retire from a calling? There's nothing wrong with retiring. Don't be I'm, not, I'm not against it. But if you just let God do what he wants. Well, since that 25,000, he's given me a million. I'm not bragging about that. I said, what am I going to do with this? He said, I don't know. It's up to you. Are hmm. oh, you understand what I'm saying? You know what Kathy said? I know what to do with this. <laughs> you know, Kathy got some projects on her mind. She said, let's do this. I said, and we wind up just giving it back to God. God said, you cannot give me. I said, I'm going to try. I know I can't, but I sure like trying. And it blesses God. You mean you would do this for me? Who requires nothing? Who owns it all? Who created it all? And yet you would think of me? It says, you're my family. I can't live without you. I, I got I to gotta fellowship with you. I, I thank you for all you've done for me, spiritual and physical, financial, but I value our conversations. He said, so do I. Stand to your feet. Lift we your trust hands you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.